quick-tempered and noisy. She had no feelings. She was bright like anything burning, a match, a firecracker, a tree. Alice was as watchful as a small herbivorous animal. Mother and child were unsatisfied. They looked at each other. Luckily for the mother, she also had two sons, younger than the girl. Golden, milky boys, not made entirely of wood and flames like their mother, nor of guileless life like their sister, but a mixture of both, and somehow not quite enough of either. They were extremely pretty children just the same. Like Alice, the brothers had remarkable hair and eyes, but their great triumph over her was that they were boys. She began to perceive that this, more than curls or thoughtful ways, was what pleased. The question was, could one terribly good girl ever, in her mother's eyes, equal one boy? And the answer was no. Alice was a feminine, old-fashioned girl. She neither looked like, felt like, behaved like, nor wanted to be like a boy. But she did want her mother to notice her, to be pleased with her, to affirm to everyone, Alice is here. The family had come to Australia from the old country, bringing old ways. Alice was, for the century or so of her childhood, a nursemaid, nanny, and servant to her brothers. Knowing the weight the boys bore in her mother's mind, she was aged by the responsibility before she was ten years old. If they ran and fell over, dirtied their clothing, cried experimentally or out of bad humour, if they broke any household idols or in any way irritated their mother, it was all, all Alice's fault. The child began to have doubts. Sometimes when Alice was walking down the street, one passerby would say to another, Did you see that gorgeous hair? What a colour! And she'd wish dreadfully that her mother had been there. The amazing thing, though, was that if her mother was there, she never heard it. Or if she did hear, she didn't understand. Or if she did understand, she didn't care. Visitors learned to praise the boys, and not Alice. Even visitors liked to please her mother. It was safer. Oh, the family had a father, but he went away to be a soldier and was gone for years. When he came back, he was even more silent than before, and the mother indicated that he was of no account. He went to his mysterious work and spent almost as much time there as he had at the war. When he returned to the house, it was only to eat and sleep. Much later, after the children were all grown up, he died. The day after the funeral, no one could remember his voice. Meanwhile, the boys swam in attention and praise, and at an early age had had so much that they never needed it again could afford to discard that particular lifebuoy and plunge out with a glossy confidence in their qualities. Alice 
never even learned to dog paddle. Who would notice if she sank? The deep end was too risky for a girl whose brilliant dark red curls could be so easily overlooked. Now and then, a teacher or an acquaintance would toss her a few friendly words. Naturally, if she hadn't needed them so badly, she could have collected ten times as many. But she had never heard of supply and demand, wasn't aware of such a thing as a seller's market, and wouldn't have applied it to her own case if she had. Like a solitary bowerbird, she hid these tiny pieces of blue glass around her nest and treasured them, though frequent inspection soon took their colour away. Alice knew only that something was not fair. Here she was, a good girl, a nice girl, pretty...